Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's a Baggies Broadcast, it's season 3, episode 24. My name is Luke Hatfield and I am delighted as ever to be joined from the other end of a microphone and through my headphones, uh, our West Brom correspondent the Express and Star, Joe Massey. Joe, how are you? I'm not too bad mate, I'm not too bad. Uh, surprisingly busy actually. Um, you'd think it'd be quiet, wouldn't you? But no, it is actually busy. Just trying to get to the bottom of what's going on and when football's going to hopefully come back and this, that and the other. So there is an awful lot going on. But yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. That's, that's all you can ask for, really, isn't it, at the moment? So um, That's I'm the not, main thing, mate. I'm not that's too definitely bad, the main mate. thing. I'm not too bad. Um, busy Easter weekend for you. No, no days off for you, then, it seems. Uh, did you have any chance to find any Easter eggs about the house? Um... I did, mate. We went on a massive Easter egg hunt in our garden. Oh yeah. Actually, had a really good Easter, you know. Um, I needed it to be honest. Like I think, I think, like a lot of people, I was at the point where I was getting a bit like I had enough really of lockdown. If you know what I mean. I, I was. It was sort of taking its toll. Um, but mm. yeah, I had a good weekend of Easter. Um, my wife made a little like Easter egg hunt in the back garden for my little girl, and she absolutely loved it. So. Yeah, that lasted a while, and she had loads of chocolate eggs, so that, that kept us all going, I think. It was a nice weekend, yeah, it was good. What about you? Uh, no Easter egg hunting for me. Oh, um, But I did enjoy the weather. I'll tell you what, the weather was cracking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was people having barbecues. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have any coal. Um, it's not really essential travel to go out and get some coal for the barbecue, is it? Um, but yeah, went and enjoyed the garden. I was, I was discussing this the other day, actually. Uh, how depressing would it be to have lockdown in October? Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've got to be grateful for what you can do, haven't you? And at least we can get outside a little bit and go for walks and stuff. Mm. Yeah, that is that is so true. I've got loads of coal, mate, in my at my house. Oh, I see. I wish I'd known beforehand. I got a, like um, we our house is like it was built in the nineteen thirties. Oh yeah. And neck like attached to it basically is like this big, like metal cage. Like basically full of coal, bizarre yeah. little contraption. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've never even opened it and taken any coal out. I've got absolutely no use for coal whatsoever. Um, but it is there with absolutely loads of it. So I bring when we're, when we're back, mate. I bring you some in. Oh, cheers, mate! I can't, I can't, <laughs> can't wait. That can be our gift. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, any update on uh, your current internet situation? Yep, yep. Still no internet. Still, uh, how long is that now? Four weeks or something? It was three weeks today, they cut me off. Oh dear. Three weeks today, so um, yeah, I've managed to pretty much get Sky to cancel my upgrade. Everything, so I'm going to leave Sky basically. Mm. Um, going to go with Virgin. And uh, yeah, but they were due to come on Wednesday, uh, this Wednesday, and I got a text last week saying they were putting it back by eight days. I was like, oh my God. Oh. Surely not. Can I get a break? Um, so no, still no internet, mate. So what's that today? 21 days now. 21 days without internet. Enjoying terrestrial TV. Uh, I love terrestrial TV. Um, and yeah, not being able to watch anything on demand or stream any movies or anything like that. Yeah, it's mental. But b- bizarrely, like, it's it, it just adapted now. Just, that is life. I live in a world <laughs> with no internet, mate. <laughs> How does it feel to be living in 1996, Joe? Oh, uh, yeah, so that's what that is. It's, did they even have dial-up in 1996? I'm not sure. Oh, do you I remember, remember that? Having, days, to, having yeah. to tell your mum to get off the phone when you wanted to, to log on to the internet? Yeah, we had, um, I had a computer upstairs and we had 
the phone line was downstairs and I had this like round, you know, like an, basically like an extension lead, but instead of it being for power, it was for the phone line. So I used to plug, take the phone out and plug it into this lead, run it upstairs and then run it into the back of my computer. Uh, all to hear that wonderful little beep, 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 beep. It's a weird noise, that, isn't it? When you first got the internet, it was a penny a minute. Can you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no messing about. But it was only a penny a minute before six, but after 6 p.m., I think. Before that, it was 4 p.m. a minute. Yeah. yeah, never, yeah. I was never allowed on before 6 o'clock. I remember I had to wait until like a certain time to ring my mates. Because <laughs> they're like, it's free calls after this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to remember, oh, I used to load up. This will be a throwback. I don't know whether you went to these websites. Neopets or Habbo Hotel? No, I've never heard of them. Oh, some listeners will surely have heard of them. I, I remember loading up and you have like an account and you could keep like these digital kind of like monster things in this Neopet uh, website. Um, but it took like, it took a good 30, 40 seconds to load a web page. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you used to get, yeah, you used to get it in parts, didn't you? Oh. It would like go down the screen. I'm really glad I lived through that, you know. I went to school. When I went to school, there was no internet. Like, yeah. The internet came in when I was at school. I can remember people getting it. Like, the, like I didn't have it. I never had it. But I can remember people coming to school. And like, oh, we've like, we're on, we're on the internet. Imagine that. Like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how we did it without internet. But we did. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if you'd asked me to do something now without the internet, I'd really struggle. Yeah, yes, completely. Like, well, it is, this is the thing because I haven't got it, but it's not. Do you know, it's not classified. It's classified as a utility now. Yeah. It's not like a luxury, the internet. It's just a necessity. Mm. Um, but I'm proven otherwise. You don't need it. Yeah, well, if you want to have a good time, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, shall we get on to the important stuff before we get on to uh, the main bulk of this episode, which is a special episode, by the way. It's I'm not really going to be excited. just my, mine and your voices on this episode. No, you deserve a lot of credit for that idea as well. I think it's a really, really good idea. You're determined well, to keep the Baggies broadcast relevant, aren't you? I, I am um, determined, but I, I, let's not say it's a good idea yet. We don't know any of these people who are coming on. Um, they, might, they might bloody well ruin the episode. True. I back them, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, back, I'm backing them as well. Um, but let's start. Let's talk coronavirus, um, as we have done over recent episodes. Has there been any update in terms of things Albion? Because we saw this really interesting EFL letter which came out last week uh, suggesting that it looks like games are going to be played behind closed doors and, and also that the EFL are trying to squeeze the rest of the season into, what, 56 days? Yeah, which is it's a, it's a fair chunk of time, that. I mean, that's the 56-day thing, I think it almost looks a better headline than it sounds, if you know what I mean, in reality. 56 days is quite a considerable amount of time. I mean, EFL teams in particular are used to playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Mm. I mean, there's been times when Albion have played Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, So, I mean, don't get me wrong, it takes its toll. um, But they're used to a very, very quick turnaround. It's going to have to be something like that, isn't it? Let's be honest. Look, I think we all know that football isn't going to come back as it was um, mm. for this season. And basically, that means that when it comes back, it's not going to be ideal. There's nothing wrong with football, is it? We love it for a reason. We just want it to come back as it was. Um, but it's not going to. It's as simple as that. It's just not going to. So the only way it looks like it's going to come back now is behind closed doors. Um, 
did a story last week saying Albion are already making provisions for that. There's obviously a lot that, bizarrely, there's a lot that goes into it in terms of, I mean, will people still have to social distance, for example? Mm. Um, there'll, be, there'll be a really, really big media presence at these games because you'd like to think that um, all of them will be on TV or uh, online able to stream so fans can watch them. So, I mean, fans have seen it in the past, but you, 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 you'll know as well that when, when we go to a game when Sky are at that game, like the, the equipment they have is ridiculous, isn't it? They, they basically rock up with about 10 trucks. Yeah, and they're all parked outside the ground, and it's just, it's a lot of people that go into it. Awful lot of people that go into it. So, if that's going to be the case for every game, um, provisions are going to have to be made, basically, and that's what Albion are doing now. They're basically working out a way that they can hold, um, they can stage behind closed doors games. We had Luke Dowlin has come out and said um, they've basically contacted another championship club. We don't know who. Um, but to arrange a friendly, it's one that will be at the Hawthorns and one that will be at the other team's ground. Um, mm. Just so they can have pro two reasons, really. One, so the players can get some match minutes under their belts, can get that match sharpness back. And, and so the club themselves can actually practice, if you like, having mm. a behind-closed-doors game um, where points aren't dependent on it. So the number we've been told is between 150 and 200 people will be at a behind-closed-doors game. Um, so it does take a lot of, it will still take a lot of, a lot of organisation, a lot of care, a lot of thought. So that that does look like we're heading to something like that. That 56-day plan looks, to me, the most realistic um, of everything that's going around at the minute. But as and when it will start again, it's very very difficult to know. How rushed do you think that 56 days is going to feel? Because as you said, it sounds like a short period of time because you've put it into days. If you said um, you know, we've got almost two months to complete the season. When you think about it, how many games are left? What, ten games? Um, nine, for, nine for Albion. Nine, not including playoff. You know, if if the worst was to happen, Albion was well. It's not the worst to happen, but uh, if Albion were to drop into that, um, two months really for ten, nine games doesn't sound too tough to execute no, it's does not, it, is it? when you think we're just i've just done the maths in my head it's eight weeks isn't it 56 days is eight weeks so obviously yeah. you have to take two weeks off that because of the playoffs um because it did include the playoffs as well but so you're basically saying can albion play nine games in about five six weeks um so it is two games a week pretty much hmm. that's i mean let's be honest it's doable isn't it um it's more than doable so yeah we think that we think well, I think that's what will happen at some point when, when, when it's when the government says that football can basically return. Interestingly, today, by the way, clubs in Germany have come, reported back for training. Mm. They're training in small groups, aren't they? Small groups, but they are they are together, um, and they are at their obviously their relative training ground. So slowly, slowly, steps are being taken. Um, I think fifty six days is, is doable, like I've said. Um, yeah, I mean, just got. To, it's going to be when the government allows it. But fingers crossed. I really hope it, it, that's what, sort of what happens. I think. What, sorry, what I was going to say actually is the other things we've heard is that player contracts. Obviously, we've got an issue with the likes of um, players that are out of contract in the summer. The likes of Chris Brunt, for example, mm -hmm. even Nathan Ferguson. You've got um, the loan situations with Grady Dean Garner, Callum Robinson, etc., etc. What we gather is that very soon. 
FIFA will issue a statement where every contract is basically extended. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure the legalities of it. I'm not sure how they can do it. I'm not sure. Obviously, you'd think that a player would have some sort of say, but apparently it's going to affect everyone. It's going to affect every single player and all those loans will just continue and all those contracts will just be extended to the point where the season ends. Mm. It's interesting because there's so many little tripwires to, to navigate, isn't there? Um, Sim reports today suggesting that June 6th um, could be a potential return to action, which would mean if you if you do play out 56 days, what, you're talking the end of July, um, start of August, when the season is basically wrapped up. I'm assuming then, you know, you're not going to head straight into the next season. When do you think, if that was to be the case, the next season would begin? It's difficult to know, isn't it? I mean, I, the players, look, the players are doing what they can now at home. They are working. They are they are working. They are doing their fitness regimes. But obviously, it's more. You can't. It's not the same. They're not playing games. It's not as intense. It can't be. Mm. I think it could be just a quick turnaround, a couple of weeks. Um, and then straight into the new season. I'm sure maybe a lot of players would like that as well because it would stop that. They would already have, they all, look, they, in this day and age, they all report back with a very decent level of base fitness anyway. It's not, 20 years ago, they, they went and drank, like, shoveled food down, like, ate loads, drank loads, got massively mm. out of shape, and then came back for pre-season, and that's a, basically the first job was to lose, lose weight and then get themselves fit. Whereas it's just not like that anymore. They come back, basically, not a million miles away from where they finished the season. Um, but it would maybe make things easier in terms of just the pre-season if it was a quick turnaround. Bizarrely, though, like, you, what you forget is things like, they're actually, do you know, they're like, like we get 25 days holiday a year. Yeah. yeah. Footballers are entitled to the same. Um, they just can't have it in the season. They, 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 they've got a set amount of annual leave days they're allowed to take and stuff. So it does, they are going to have to take those days legally. They need to take those days. So there will have to be a period where um, they have a holiday and that's why I think Rick Parry in that letter to the EFL clubs basically suggested that they put players on holiday now they stop mm. training um, and uh, those days basically start to accumulate so that in the, in the year they get their annual leave because um, it's a legal issue they're, in, they're entitled to it like everyone else so there is so much to sort out but yeah I mean <laughs> I think every I mean if you said now this season would be done and the new season would be starting in September, say. I think absolutely everyone would bite your hand off for that, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, sure. Especially you've when the Euros got... are down at the end of that season. Yeah, you've got to try and squeeze in a transfer window at this at this point as well. You'd imagine that would just remain open now, wouldn't you? What, well, similar to back in the day when it was a, a, a season-long transfer window? Yeah, or maybe even they'll close it on like January 31st. Mm. Um you can buy players up until, the, yeah, there'll just be one deadline maybe, something like that. I think something will have to happen um, just to ease the... Um, but on that, there's some interesting quotes from Dowling on the website saying that this time is allowing them to scout players. It is allowing mm. them to do extra work, um, looking at players abroad. Um, I mean, the Mislav Orsic story in the summer... Uh, not in summer, in January. Like everyone got very, very excited when he was linked. We obviously asked Bilic about him. He said he was, he liked him. He, he was interested in him. But one of the reasons why that they didn't sign Orsic was because they didn't feel like they could scout him enough, and they mm. could watch it on clips. They could watch the clips they had of him, um, but it just felt that Callum Robinson was a lot safer bet. 
because um, obviously he's been there and done it before in the championship. So, But what this does do is allow them to really look at players on videos um, and then potentially get them watched when their season resumes um, ahead of a summer move. So I thought, I thought that, was, that, was, that was some in, that was a little bit, that's a good, nice little insight really from Dowling, just a bit of interesting like news to say what they're up to. Yeah, and as you said, you know, Albion are doing all they can to prepare for this as well, aren't they? They've got, I imagine they've got a short-term and a long-term plan. And as, and as you said, you know, they've already started sounding up potential friendlies. So fingers crossed, as, as long as things are moving in the right direction outside of football, that we could see it return sooner rather than much later on in the year. Yeah, I mean, I think we're still a way off, if we're being honest, like, but... I, think, I even think June the 6th is probably a bit optimistic, but mm. look, late June, early July would be fantastic. To be honest, I just want it to come back. I just can't wait for it to come back. Whenever it comes back, I'll be happy. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be soon, soon, but hopefully July, June, July, hopefully. I'll tell you what, there'll be some interesting post-match videos if we've got a social distance, by the way. Two metres. Oh, yeah. How are we going to manage that? Yeah, you have to come up with a plan, won't you? I'll tell you what, it'll be interesting. We have to do what we do for the joint sh- joint videos that where we're at home. We have to film on our phones and then put them together. Yeah, it could, could well happen. <laughs> I can hear your question. I just have to <laughs> answer it looking into my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be really interesting. Um, let's get on to some questions before we um, bring up the, the, the hefty segment that we've come up with. Um, first one... Uh, comes from GWBA. Be a good time for a Gareth Barry interview. He says um, a lot of manager, a lot of people are getting managers and players on podcasts. Do you reckon there's a chance we could do that, Joe? You have to ask the question, won't you? you oh yeah, me, I like you that. passing the to buck ask, to me. You want me to ask, don't you? Uh, you know, yeah, you know Albion better than me. Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, there's, there's not been many player interviews coming out of Albion. But well, I'll ask the question. I'll ask the question. Oh, what a guy! What a guy! Um, Julia Howard what's the latest news on completing the season kind of covered that one what are the implications for Albion on various scenarios um, I don't know really um, I mean Albion will just do, uh, basically the line from Albion is that we've, said, we've said before that they, they really really want fans in the ground but I think we all have to accept now that that isn't going to happen but Albion will basically support pretty much anything that will get the season played out mm. um, like everyone knows that they're one of the clubs that stand to lose the most by football being declared null and void so they really really do not want that to happen obviously there'll be a legal challenge if it was to happen but um, yeah they're just doing they'll, they're just desperate to play again and to secure the promotion that they feel they deserve understandably mm. Andy Jones uh, who would win in a Royal Rumble out of the West Brom squad? Who would fight the dirtiest and who would do surprisingly well? That's an interesting let, question. You can answer that because I've seen you reply on Twitter saying you can't wait to talk about that. Oh, also, yeah, just I know absolutely nothing about wrestling. I know, I don't know anything about wrestling either, but it's just it's just one of them topics of discussion where you can kind of separate the fact that they're actually footballers and you just think, who's the artist of the lot? Uh, That's what I think. And it's just like, for me, it's hard to look past Jake Livermore. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't want to get into a scrap with Jake, would you? No, 
Definitely not. Who would fight dirtiest? Um. I imagine it's going to be someone who's like obviously not the biggest lad about. He's going to have to try and use everything he can to get one up on his opponent. Who would that be? I don't know. Kieran I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, Kravinovich is a little bit of a scrapper. <laughs> Do you reckon? I just reckon Kravinovich is just a really nice guy. Yeah, but like, like if he was in that situation, say, say you're walking down the road, Philip Kravinovich is walking down the road and someone lamps his best mate, he's getting involved, isn't it? Do you reckon? I reckon he's a right little scrapper. In a good way. So like Remain, I think Remain wouldn't be like, at all. I think Remain wouldn't, like, Remain's like, but then he did grab that Bristol City player by his neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, as track records go, Joe. I mean, that really was, that really did come out of the blue. Um, Charlie Austin would be a dirty fighter in there, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Charlie Austin could knock someone out easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm just watching a clip as well, because someone followed this up, GWA actually followed this up with a clip of Jake Livermore. I can't remember the game. It might have been Blues. Oh, um, I've seen it where he just clotheslines someone. Yeah, because it's it's literally the ultimate kind of karma. They're like, Albion are breaking away. And one of the players trips an Albion player and Livermore sees it and then turns around and absolutely boots the guy in the air. And if I remember rightly, I don't know if he got sent off for this. He might not have. He might have got away with it. But I tell you what, it's definitely a red card. Livermore's like got a proper edge to him, hasn't he? But like, a, because he talks so well and he's so eloquent that he can get away with it more. Mm. You wouldn't ex- like, not that you wouldn't, ex- you wouldn't expect it of him, I don't think. But really, like, he would, yeah, he's, he's hard as nails. And he's just a, like, he's so physically fit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a proper captain's move. Like, it's like someone's picked on, like, your younger brother. And you've like, nah, I'm not having this. Instantly, just letting him know his place. Yeah. Quality. Um, Tonksic, um on the back of the top five episode, disregard all current members of West Brom's squad for this question. Who should our top five transfer targets be this summer? Top five transfer targets this summer? <sighs> Give me a striker. Give me a striker. Um, I mean, if Fulham don't go up, I think Mitrovic would be ideal. Uh, and they're not going to buy Mitrovic, mate. Oh, yeah, but he'd be brilliant. They're not going to buy Mitrovic. Not going to spend... Fulham bought him for £22 million and he's only increased his value. So they're not going to go out and spend like thirty million on Mitrovic. Absolutely no chance. Fair enough. Um, way to burst my bubble. So, so the way to do it is let's do it like sensibly. So what we know about Albion is that if they go up, they're going to basically look to cherry pick the best Championship players. Mm. Um, they're going to look for the players they believe can make the step up. And they're going to go abroad and look for values. So, the, the, basically, the two players you need to think of for Albion's transfer strategy are Mateus Pereira and Shami Ajay. Mm. That's the route they're going down. They want value for money. They want players who... They want just... Do you know what? They just want to spend sensibly. Like, they're just... They're, they're not going to spank money on... They're not, they're not going to waste millions of... No offence, but, like, Villa. Like, I'm not saying Villa... Look, Fulham, the year before... They really did waste a lot of money, didn't they? 
I mean, they went out on deadline day and were like, Let, let's let's blow eighty million pounds. Um, and they bought a hell of a lot of players, and then subsequently played a lot of players that weren't as good as the players they had. Mm. Um, and Villa, like the same, really, like you to a much lesser extent. And obviously, Dean Smith had a massive rebuild in the in the summer. He had to get he had to get in bodies, but like. Some of the players. I mean, my God, Tyrone Mings. Are you having a laugh? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. If you're selling Tyrone Mings now, he's going for much more than 26 million. Is he? Oh yeah. Oh, he's an absolute bang average defender. Really? Ah, oh, mate, he's he's absolutely nothing special at all. Uh, well, I mean, uh, there's no way in a million years. Oh, that's ridiculous. And that Trezeguet and all these players are just. I mean, they're no Pereira, are they? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. None of the the players signed for Villa over the summer. There've been some hits and some misses. I still think Tyro Mings is a hit for Villa. I, I do think he's worth more than what they signed him for. I think he he makes a massive difference to that side. If you take him out of that side, I think he makes a massive difference. He's got a, he's got a big rick in him every single game. I think. But he's. I mean, he's. he's He's an England national player now, mate. Oh, like a couple of games, yeah. Well, let's you, should wait. Be, you should be behind him. You're a massive England fan. Let's if wait. Southgate loves him, you should love him. Let's wait and see, shall we? I think he, everyone got a little bit ahead of themselves with Tyrone Mings. He was absolutely dreadful the last couple of months. Um, I think we're all. I think last couple of months we've seen just why he wasn't getting in the Bournemouth team, to be honest. Um, but we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically that's what I think it'll be. I think they'll cherry pick the best championship players and look abroad for like for bargains basically, which obviously Mateus Pereira at nine million is a bargain, especially when people pay in excess of twenty million for Tyrone Mings. Um, point proven. Oh, you're just rubbing it in, you are, aren't you? So, um, so if we're going to look at a couple of players, I think they could look at. They're going to need a left back. Simple as that. They're going to need a left back because Kieran Gibbs is so in, inconsistent. Well, inconsistent with injuries, um, mm. and. Connor Townsend, definitely the most improved player this season, done absolutely fantastically well. But I think you need to ch- you're going to have to challenge there, aren't you, a left back? They're going to, they, they, there's no guarantee they'll step up to the Premier League. So I think you're looking there. So I think someone like Anthony Robinson at Wigan, the lad mm. who almost went to AC Milan, I think he'd, yeah. be, he'd be a realistic um, uh, target. Uh, Is Joe Bryan affordable? You'd imagine he'd go for a, a lot of cash, wouldn't you? A lot That's all dependent on whether Fulham go up or not, of course. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how much he'd, be, how much he'd cost. Um, but maybe, look, look, this is a bit of a like, I know for a fact they really like Conor Gallagher, mm. um, who um, I was obviously on loan at Charlton in the first half of the season currently on loan at Swansea. He's a player Albin have been watching for a long time. They really they really like him. They will, I'm, I'm confident they'll move for him again in the future. Um, I think he'd be a really good sign. And he's one I'd definitely look at to like bolster that midfield because they're playing obviously 4-3-3 at the minute. And mm. I think when you get to the Premier League, you really do have to have three in the middle of the park. Um, so I think he'd be a good, good addition. Um, I think Jed Wallace potentially would be a good addition from yeah. Millwall. Um, on the right, um, that but that would be obviously it depends if Pereira's if Pereira's playing there. It's not a priority, but yeah, it's an option. Um, and then I think 
They're going to need a keeper because um, you'd, you'd imagine Jonathan Bond on Ali Al Habsi will move on. Mm. Um, so that's an interesting one because you could like you thoroughly expect Sam Johnson to start the season as number one. So what you need is someone to put pressure on him, but but who won't cross the earth, really? Yeah. Um, because you can't they can't spank a large part of their budget on a keeper who may not play every week. So, like, Neil Etheridge, I think, would be a good good, good contender. Declan Rudd at Preston would be a good contender. You could even go, like, David Marshall, a bit older, but steady, yeah. steady pair of hands. Um, and up front, I'd go Ollie Watkins. I think he'd be a great signing. He would be, to score goals. Um, T-Rose... Will home season ticket holders get a discount on new season tickets due to the fact there's five or six home games remaining this season and a very good chance these games will be played behind closed doors? I don't know, but I can ask the question for you. You feel like it's something Albion would do? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I have not asked, so I couldn't answer it, but I'm happy to ask. Mm. This is an interesting question and one we're going to kind of roll into the next segment. It comes from Slate's. He says, how much of this season's success thus far is due to summer signings or the coaching team? So how much of this season's success comes down to the players? How much comes down to the management? That's an interesting question. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I think um, I'm, I'm going to do the ultimate sitting on the fence here. It's a mixture of the two, and it has. It's all. It's with every team. I think whether you're blaming a team, whether a team's done poorly, or whether a team's done good, it's a mixture of that. You can't. You can't go and say a team is terrible purely because of the manager. Because at the end of the day, the players still have to do a job on the pitch. Equally, you can't say it's all down to the players being bad because the team needs to be set up the right way and needs to be motivated properly. So it's a mixture of both, but. For me, you look at the way Bilic has come in over the summer when it's fair to say there was question marks being raised over Albion. You know, they'd just lost in the playoffs. Um, they had players leaving. And Bilic came in and he's offered like this air, this atmosphere of just coolness, calmness. And I think it's kind of shown on the pitch in 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 many respects in the way that Albion have just gone out and not necessarily putting barnstorming performances every week, although they have there have been periods where they've been in great form and showed just why they're one of, if not the best team in the league. But even games where they've just kind of gone out there and just calmly just controlled a game and then racked up three points. Like, yes, there have been blips and every team has blips. No team will go through the championship season and be, you know, it just doesn't really happen. Um, but I think you've got to give Bilic a lot of credit. And at the end of the day, it's partly down to the management team, who they bring in as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with every word of that, really. You can't not sit on the fence with this question. You can't not. Um, mm. Here in football all the time, recruitment is everything. You like, recruitment's so, so important. Um, and obviously, it really, really is. Um, and I think Lou Dowling deserves a lot of credit, I think. Bilic deserves credit for the players he identified. They, I said this before numerous times on this podcast, but I do genuinely believe Albion have better players than most teams. Like I said before, like I said, 
If I tell you now that Sam Johnston, Shemi Ajay, Jake Livermore and Mateus Pereira are all going to score 8 out of 10 in the next game, Albion are going to win the game. Because they are better players than what a lot of teams have got. When you throw in everything else that's around them, Grady Dean Garner, Callum Robinson, Hal robson Carney, Romain Sawyers, Philip Kravinovich, Carl Bartley, like they, they are, you'd, most weeks you'd rather have the 11 that Albion have got compared to the opposition. Um, so recruitment is a massive part of it and to bring in the players they had Callum Robinson what a great signing let's be honest what a great mm. signing Shemi Ajay's ridiculous signing at 1.5 million absolutely ridiculous Romain Sawyer's at 2.6 million absolutely ridiculous um, so uh, he, he, the recruitment is huge um, and even like Charlie Austin you'd say like I mean what did Charlie Austin cost 4 million he hasn't started every week but like what an option mm. um, so there's not many championship teams with a Charlie Austin available off the bench is there I mean everyone looks at that I mean managed to sell it in the past when, when Charlie Austin's come on they've looked at that and gone well they've brought Charlie Austin off the bench I mean what it's, that's, diff, that's very very difficult to compete with um, so I think recruitment is massive absolutely massive um, but then obviously Billich they've straight away they just settled into that 4-2-3-1 didn't they um, yeah which they partly settled in it because it was so it was very simple for them I think like everyone was basically played in their natural position weren't they no one was asked to reinvent the wheel um, that was just Billich you'd imagine looking at his squad finding a system that suits them best getting them drilled in that system and what he wants and you could really see how they improved in it after about 10 games they became a lot more defensively solid. Mm. Um, so, which obviously deserves massive credit for that. So, recruitment brilliant and Bilic has managed to develop that team so it's always, so it's consistently improved really by one wobble in the middle of the campaign. You probably argue the football they were playing against Bristol City and Preston and Millwall was better than they were playing in the start of the season when they lost one in 22 games or whatever it was. I mean, so yeah. the fact that they continue to improve, you can't... I mean, that's just a sign of a good manager, isn't it? Mm, certainly is. Right, let's um, let's get the thoughts of some, some oh, listeners. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, let's get the thoughts of some listeners. We're going to do, do something we've never done before on the Albion podcast, and that is to have listeners come on to the show and offer their own thoughts on some, certain subjects. Um, and the first one, his name is Tom Cannon. I'm going to get him on the phone and see what he's got to say about the Albion. Hello. Hello. Is that Tom? Yes, it is. Yeah. Hi, Luke. You okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Tom, you, yeah. you, you're you're live. Well, I say live. Oh, okay. You're featuring right now on the Albion uh, the Albion podcast, the Baggies broadcast, uh, alongside what? myself and Joe Massey. Um, Hi, Joe. Hi, Tom. You all right, mate? Uh, question, Tom. The interesting one we've been discussing. How much of Albion's success this season is down to Bilic and how much is down to the players? Um, Well, I think think the players sort of speak for themselves. I think we've got a lot of quality in that team. Um, But then if you compare it to where we were last year, we had a lot of quality players last year as well. Players like Gale, Rodriguez, um, you know, Dawson, players like that. Um, yeah, we still 
sort of let ourselves down and by not getting promoted that year, I still think we should have got promoted that season. Um, so I think my argument is I think the main difference is Bilic um, because it, you can tell by the way he makes his substitutions, especially that first half of the season for a couple of months where every game seemed to have a substitution made by Bilic which made a massive difference. Um, bringing Robson Carnu on um, for Austin when Austin was struggling, Robson Carnu came on and made a difference. Then Robson Carnu started and then sometimes he didn't make the impact that he was when he was coming on from a, as a substitution and then Austin was coming on to put away penalties and things like that. Um, players like Kovinovic coming on as well. Um, and I think the biggest thing that that really stood out to me is when we struggled uh, just after Christmas and then during January where we, we, we seemed to just, I'm not sure what happened, we seemed to lost, lose our spark, something happened there. Um, but then things seemed to change when after the Cardiff game where I think we gave away that free kick which Lee Tomlin put away and that mm. came from us trying to pass it out from the back and then after that game we played Luton I think it was um, which we won 2-0 I think it was I think we just we seemed to look a lot more direct and we seemed to go back to basics um, and that that seemed to happen over a few days where the style of play just seemed to change we just went a little bit more direct um, and that's when we start to pick up results again um, I think that it just it just seemed to make a massive difference after that Cardiff game. It felt like a watershed moment. Um, and I, I think after that game, when we played Millwall and Reading and Forest as well, and then the Swansea game at home, I think we were we also oh, in all Swansea at home, Preston at home. Mm. Um, we, you know, we, we were excellent. I thought, and I, I think four four of those games, I think. It, 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 it just seems to stem from that Cardiff game where, where we seem to learn a lot of we seem to learn some a lot of lessons and changed our style of play and from then on we kicked on and I thought well I, I, I was so confident we were going to get promoted before all this started happening so as seasons go mate I mean could you could you have maybe it's not fair to say that did you expect it to be quite as good when Bilic came in um I don't think I couldn't have predicted that we'd be 12, 13 points ahead by the middle of December. I mean, I was in that that away end after Birmingham, um, and it was just just an amazing feeling. And we were thinking, what what a season we're having. And I, I don't think I could ever expect that we'd have that we'd have that start of that season. That first half of the season was just we were just incredible. We were just brilliant. And, Swansea at home, we were, we were just excellent. So I think I, I was expecting that we'd have a good season. Mm. Um, but when Bilic first took charge, there was a lot of talk about the fact it was going to be a two-year plan, yeah. which said to me that after two years we need to be promoted. But and, but if we don't get promoted this season, it's not it's not a disaster. So that sort of made me feel like okay, you know, I reckon we'll be around the playoffs. Maybe maybe we're not so expecting that we're going to have a brilliant season, um, but clearly that, that, that it didn't turn out that way. And we had a we had a great first half of the season, and we turned it round after that patch in January. Which mm. I'm not really sure what happened really with that. I think we just seemed to lose a spark really. But as I said, I think Bilic makes such a difference with the changes that he makes during games and in between different games. Um, I think compared to our previous managers that we've had, I don't like to 
criticised previous managers, especially the likes of Darren Moore. I know he's a, a brilliant bloke, but um, I just had a lot of faith in, in Bilic and I, I just think he makes such a difference to that club. I think he's brought everyone together as well. Mm. And lastly, mate, before we let you uh, let you go, how equipped do you think Albion are for, for Premier League football? Should should they should they get promoted? think if we did get promoted now I think I think we all agree that a few additions are needed I think a striker uh, definitely at least one um, I think we need another centre midfielder just just in case Livermore or Soares gets injured I think Livermore and Soares deserve to start that first game of the season if we did get promoted um, I still think we need something behind them to just in case one of them gets injured or suspended Um and then a couple of players maybe to strengthen the defence, but I, I, I think I think Bilic did it perfectly in January. Well, the, the, the staff overall did it perfectly in January. They, they signed players that they knew would make a difference. They wouldn't. They weren't signing players for the sake of it. Um, Bilic said at the start of that transfer window that you know he's got. We will sign players as long as they, as long as he's confident that they'll make an impact if they go into the starting eleven. And I think they'll, as long as they do that in the summer as well. If we get through all this, and as, if we do get promoted, I think if he has that same mindset, I, I'm I'm really confident that they'll sign a few players, and you know they'll kick on in the Premier League. Hopefully, I don't think we'll be the same as what, what Wolves have done for a couple of years, um, but it's certainly a work in progress. And I think we, we, we look, I, I think we look really good. I think the club have really held together, really stood together well in all this, and I think the message we're getting from the club are brilliant. Mm. Great stuff, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Cheers, Luke. Thank you. Interesting points there from Tom. Uh, good speaker as well, by the way. He was absolutely fantastic. We should have him one every week. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, Tom Tom could do a job every week. He could probably probably take my place sometimes. Oh, if, he could uh, definitely if take your place. If he's willing to take a freelance play. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tell you what, interest, interesting. Um, that he thinks, you know, maybe an extra midfielder in there would, would do a job in the Premier League because maybe he's right. Remain Sawyers and Jake Livermore have done a lot of work this season if and we kind of see like when you're missing one of them it, it doesn't quite flow quite as well does it no i agree with that and i said earlier i think conor gallagher um will be a target for next season um i do um hopefully whether that's on loan or permanent i think maybe chelsea would let him out probably if it meant getting premier league football again um i'm still i still really like rakeem harper um mm. i think he's got a little bit of everything um I think his potential is massive, um, so there is a, there is a player there definitely. Um, who we'll see we'll see how he progresses um, in the future. But yeah, I think that was I think that was an absolutely fantastic call, you know, um, from Tom. Like the, I think he made some really really valid points. Um, the point about the squad last season being very very strong is absolutely spot on, isn't it? I mean, there was a cracking squad. Yeah. I mean, Jay Rodriguez and Dwight Gale absolutely guaranteed goals. They absolutely guaranteed them. Um, and in the end, that wasn't enough. Um, and you do think with Bilic at the helm, it could have been different. Definitely, definitely could have been different. I think that's a very good point. And just what you were saying about um, the two-year plan, it was, he's right again. Like, it was very, very much a two-year plan um, uh, to get up. That's why it's not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a disaster if Albany didn't get up this season. But I think just now, because obviously the way the season's unfolded and and the lead they've got, and in particular the lead they had, which Tom mentioned as well, 
I mean, really now they want to go up this year, don't they? I mean, it, they deserve to go up this year and they've been in such a commanding position that really they need to go out and get the job done. But I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought, I'm loving this, mate. That, was a, that, that couldn't have been a better start, could it? <laughs> no, it was a great start. Interesting question to come from that, though. Do you think this season's squad is better in terms of quality than last season's or not? I would, I'm the wrong person to ask. Sorry, but I am. Like I... Yeah, to be fair, you didn't cover the club last, last, last season, season, did you? Um, on paper, on paper. On paper, for me, this this squad looks better, but I, but I don't know. It's honestly, I just wouldn't like to answer it. I'm not. It's one of them where Craig Dawson, for example. I know, I know, he's I know he's a good defender. I know he is, but I don't know how, how good he is because mm. I haven't watched him week in week out. Um, so, I mean, would I rather have him or Shami Ajay? I'd rather have Shami Ajay, but I'm sh- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just wouldn't. Um, all I'd say is, and I think this is what Tom was getting at, is those goals, really. Like, Dwight yeah. Gale and Jay Rodriguez is such a strong front two. Harvey Barnes, first half of the season. Um, he's, it was a damn, damn good squad um, mm. that could probably match this one on paper. So, and... And at the end of the day, yeah, they they didn't go up, did they? And from what I can remember, they weren't in the top two for for much of the season. So, yeah, I think I think uh, you, you mean you saw them last season. What do you think? Yeah, I think when you look at when you look at the striking options there, and especially when they had Harvey Barnes, um, it's hard it's hard to say because you know you look at Dean Garner and Pereira when they're on form. Um, I think you know I think we'd all probably take Harvey Barnes over Matt Phillips. No disrespect to Matt. But, I mean, Barnes is showing just, just how good a player he is in the Premier League now with Leicester. Um, and he showed that at the start of last season. Um, but Gale and Rodriguez as well. I mean, as you said, they just they promised goals. But at the same time, the, game, the formation and the style of play was set up for them to get them goals. Um, although, with them players, I'd probably back them in pretty much any system to, to bang in that, that number of, of goals in the Championship. Um, should we get another call on the line see what they've got to say so they can't hear me can they just to clarify yeah no they can't unfortunately due to the way we're set up we can't we can't basically have it so that you can hear oh, both no. of us I can just sit here and enjoy it it's all good I'm yeah you that. can sit there and enjoy it but if you do have a question feel free to say it and then I can edit it post um, post recording so that it sounds like they hear it ah they're in your capable lands mate I'll see how we go though <laughs> okay uh, next caller uh, let's see um, uh, what Leo Watkins has to say Alright fellas, how are we doing? Hi Leo, you alright? Yeah, I'm good, thanks mate, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Pleasure to have you on. Um, debate we're having um, okay. is how much of Albion's success this season comes down to Slaven Bilic and how much comes down to the players doing the job on the pitch. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, as you guys have spoken about many a time, that, that Birmingham City away performance was Bilic is absolute finest and you look at the way that he's used subs this year I think he's got more points from losing positions with subs than any other manager in the league is it something like that mm. um, so yeah he's been absolutely massive you compare it to last season under Big Dave and, um, and Jimmy Shan they obviously intended really well but I just kind of feel as though that that experience that Bill has just got from managing internationally and in the Premier League you know that really has come in handy this year so I owe a lot to him this year and I think the players do as well Mm, uh, one of the previous calls we just had brought up last season's squad, and it's a debate me and Joe just just had. Um, how out of the two, 
which do you think is actually the better squad? Although this season, obviously, we've seen Albion do much, much better and they've looked more solid. But on paper, last season's squad, I mean, the likes of Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez up top with Harvey Barnes' first half of the season was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. Last year was kind of flashes of brilliance throughout the year, I feel, but you use the word squad, and I feel as though squad, obviously, that kind of means the entire squad performing. And I feel as though last year we relied so heavily on, obviously, Barnes at the start, and then it was Gale and Rodriguez all the way through. But obviously, we've had you know, Pereira, Diangana this year doing well, but it has been massively a team performance. I mean, you look at, like, Johnston, he's saved us. You know, a couple of double saves at the start of the season saved us three points uh, a couple of times. And mm. you've had Livermore, who's been outstanding all season. Um, yeah, we've, we've been able to rely on the squad really well this year, particularly Townsend as well, coming in the left back. Yeah, and you touch on Johnston. It's a discussion that myself and Joe have had off air a number of times. Is there a better goalkeeper in the division for you? I mean, I do think Bryce Samba comes out on top, personally speaking. Um, he's been absolutely unreal, hasn't he? But I do think Johnson gets a, a pretty tough tough time for it from the Baggies fans in, in general, to be fair. I, mean, I think he's an absolutely top keeper. He's only going to get better as well. Mm. And a um, couple more before we let you go, mate. Uh, okay. We've been talking um, about the end of the season, how it's going to be played out. We saw this letter from uh, Rick Parry, of course, come out last week um, saying that games will be played behind closed doors most likely would you accept that to see the return of football despite not being able to see the games live or in the ground shall we say it's a, it's a really interesting one because I've seen a lot of football Twitter talking about uh, football is for the fans and obviously I completely agree with that and I do think without the fans being there it obviously what is the point in the game but I think if you are a true fan of West Brom then you want to see us get to where we need to get next season because we can't have a third season staying down in the championship. We'll lose our best players and we could be down there for a long time. Um, I feel as though no matter what, this season has to be finished reasonably soon. Obviously, with the lockdown, things are pretty difficult, but I, I don't envisage us... Um, if we, if, we, if we have to sort of play games in front of fans at a later date, I think that's going to affect next season far too much. So I'd rather us go up and be financially stable by getting things done as soon as possible, personally. Lastly, mate, do you think it'd leave a bit of a strange taste in the mouth if Albion would secure promotion and had to do it in front of an empty ground? Uh, you mean a sour taste amongst the fans or the football world? <laughs> uh, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'd leave us... I think it would leave a sour taste... Short term, but then as soon as we, you know, have that opening game of the season next year in the Premier League, I think people would forget pretty quickly that the games weren't watched live. I mean, obviously, like I say, football is for the fans, but I think if you're a true fan of the club, then you want to see us go up. And this season, we definitely deserve to go up based on our performances. Great stuff, Leo. Really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, guys. I hope your internet's sorted, Joe, mate. Yeah, <laughs> see you soon, boys. Nice one. Nice one, mate. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Interesting. And a nice touch there at the end from Leo. Very nice. We've had two absolute smashing calls, haven't we? Yeah. You've done um, well, Leo. This is, this is great. I mean, the Albion, the Albion folks on Twitter have come through strong, haven't they? Um, that's an interesting discussion, though. Would it leave a sour taste for you if Albion have to celebrate in front of an empty ground? I think that was a really good line you came out with there about sort of true fans um, just want Albion to get to where they need to be. And as touching on first call like they don't know need to go up this season they don't they probably they probably do in the next two if we're being honest we saw the accounts we know parachute payments get less and less um it costs a hell of a lot hell of a lot of money not being in the premier league um 
but the truth is you've got to do what's best for your club haven't you and and <laughs> I, I i hate saying it because the truth is if albin do got this year then there's a very good chance i'll be there um which yeah. i'm obviously absolutely delighted about and i feel really 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 sorry um that fans won't be there for it and i and I wish I wish they would be there for it. I really, really do. I can't. It's it's awful, but it it is just getting up, isn't it? It is getting. It is about getting up and getting there. Um, and look, I'm not a big fan of the Premier League, to be honest. I'm not like I, I love the Championship. I love the fact that every week you don't know who's going to win, who's going to lose. I love the fact that anything's possible, really, every single week in that division. And it's, let's be honest. If we go up, it's going to be a battle for survival. I mean, you never know. You might do Sheffield United and do really, really well. Teams do do it. Um, but the truth is, if you say to everyone at Albion next season in the Premier League, will you take four from bottom? They'll all say yes. Um, but the truth is that for the long term, for the longevity of the club, for future success, for future incomes, they do need to go up. So I think, yeah, you've got to just, like you said, the true Albion fans will, will just accept that it's better if they go up without fans there than if they didn't with fans there. What do you think would happen in that circumstance? Obviously, when a team goes up, say they win the title, you know, you're talking about an open top parade, you're talking about fans congregating in, in, in pubs, in parks, you know, celebration parties, so, so on and so forth. None of that can really happen, can it? No. Especially if you're playing games behind closed doors, because it, it will just completely negate the fact of playing them behind closed doors in the first place. I just don't think it will happen. Yeah, I just don't think that will ever happen. I think it it'll just be that'll be one of the things we lose. Like we're going to um, we're making sacrifices, aren't we? Everyone's making sacrifices every day. We're not going out. Um, we're going out once a day or whatever. We're only making essential journeys, and I think that's just another thing we're going to lose. Um, obviously, like the. The big, biggest team affected by that would be Liverpool, wouldn't it? Um, mm. I mean, imagine what that parade would have been, would have been like. It would have been absolutely incredible. Um, but you just don't... There's just no, in no way, shape or form it could happen, is there? I mean, you just couldn't... You just couldn't do it. You just could not do it. Um, mm. You'd imagine... Uh, that would be much my opinion anyway, that those, those events just won't happen. But I don't know. I can't see it, to be honest. Well, let's find out what another listener has to say. Let's get, let's give get them on the phone. Hello. Hello, is that Spencer? It is. Yes. Hello, Luke. All right, Spencer. Yeah, uh, pleasure to have you on the Albion podcast. You're alongside myself and Joe Massey. Um, yeah, great to have you on. Debate we're having at the moment. Uh, would it leave a sour taste in uh, the mouth of fans? Should Albion secure promotion but do so behind closed doors? What are your thoughts on that? Even to complete the season, I think really would be, I don't want to use the word miracle and stuff, but I think that would be so welcome that I think that actually would give everybody a, a welcome distraction from everything that's going on. So I think for, for me personally, yeah, you know, you'd love to be there in person. Uh, you'd love to experience it. That you, you can't be going up to the, to the stadium, to the Hawthorns and stuff. You know, you miss the banter and you miss the, the crowd and, and, and everything that happens live. But to actually see it played out, I think we take a lot from that knowing then that there's probably it just gives you that light at the end of the tunnel with everything going on at the moment. you know we're all in, in lockdown everything's a bit humdrum and a bit monotonous so I think even to have it played out behind closed doors I mean that's assuming we did get promoted if it was played out behind closed doors and we somehow ended up in the playoffs and missed out on it I think I'd just be good and I'd be like no they should have just 
called it all off. But uh, no, I think it'll be okay, to be honest. That's just my two cents. But um, I'd, I'd personally be all right with it if we could actually watch the games via streaming or TV or however it might kind of play out. So, uh, yeah, I think for the most it would be okay. Mm. And we've, we've seen discussion of, um, you know, the length of time that the Championship and the EFL will take to finish a season. They said 56 days. Do you think that's enough time to complete the season? So what's that, twice a week pretty much, is it? Yeah. I think um, I think for, a, given the, okay, it depends on the conditioning time they've got to come back into the season. So assuming they'll need at least two, three weeks. I know they've got, Joe's mentioned a couple of times, they've got their own routines at home um, and they'll be doing things to obviously keep up their fitness. But you can't beat the intensity, I guess, of the season. Um so as long as they've got enough time to kind of get back into that that mode, I actually think in a weird way the break's going to do us good. I know we were just we were hitting a little bit of form. We had one or two dodgy results, obviously the, you know, the, the Wigan loss, ending on a, a a draw away at Swansea and stuff. But I think it's come at the right time for us. Cause I think they'll, they'll be chomping at the bit, coming back twice a week for a a league where it's so intense. Anyway, I think it's fine. But I mean, there's question marks over the how they're going to structure the the, uh, the rest of the season. Are they just going to play the games in the, in the sequence and order that they already would have done, or will they have to kind of change everything up? Those kind of known unknowns, as it were. But, yeah, I think they should be able to. Um, I, I don't see don't see why not. And then maybe a truncated kind of pre-season into, into next season in, in the Premier League. I think the big question is actually what comes next and what happens with the transfer window and how that's going to work. Um, and obviously there are question marks over some of the, uh, the the contracts of the players that are on loan to us and stuff. But I, I think that time period is uh, is fine, to be honest. So. Mm. You, you mentioned transfers. You just kind of almost preempted my next question. We were talking about transfer targets. Who would you like to see Albion bring in this summer, or shall we say over the window? Because we don't actually know if it's going to run over the summer, do we? Do you know what? I think I would love to make them, see them make a play for Dean Garner permanently, um, especially if West Ham went down. Mm. Um, I think obviously Joe knows the kind of the club inside out and a bit, a bit more about the personalities and stuff. But if he, you know, if we were to go up and be able to offer Premier League football, I think he's got the talent to really flourish. Um, and you know, one of the questions I was going to put to you guys actually was looking at the current Premier League whether you think this current team could survive in, in the current Premier League because I, I think it could because I think there are some really weak teams in the Premier League this year. I think it's one of the poorest Premier Leagues actually in a long time. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to see us go for Dean Garner. I think Kravinovic, I mm. think he's a player massively suited to the Premier League, more so than the Championship. I mean, since um, Village kind of changed the formation uh, and started playing Kravinovic in a slightly different position, I think it was a way Millwall we first tried that, if memory serves correct. He's looked a lot better, a bit more time with the ball. It, a, <laughs> there was a bit of a thing on Twitter recently where I, I think it may have been one of you guys maybe even posted the question about Kravinovic, sorry. And I said, I, I think actually in the Premier League you get more time on the ball. And people debated that fact, um, whether whether that's true, whether it's just like a misnomer. But I do think it's true. I think it's a different pace, it's a different style, it's a different technique than the Championship. And I think he's going to be well suited to that. So of the current crop, those are the, the kind of players I'd like to see us kind of certainly keep. Outside of that, well, then it's anybody's guess. You've got to look to raid the better players of the clubs that, that go down. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to see us keep the approach we've taken in these most recent windows where we're looking at the you know the, the low risk, the low cost players that have come in or can come in and make a big impact. Like, you know, Sammy Ajay, 
for me, has been one of the top three players of the season for us because he's enabled us to completely change our style. That pace at the back, which we've lacked massively in recent seasons, you know, that's the approach I'd like to see us take. As for specific names, nothing kind of springs to mind. You know, I'd leave Dwight Gale well alone now. You know, I love the guy, love the season we had with him last year, but that, that ship sailed now. Um, I'd like to see us go for young hungry players who want to make an impact, who want to make a point. No journeymen, nothing like that. And I think, actually, the way the club's structured at the moment, that's the approach they'll continue to take. Top stuff, Spencer. Really appreciate you taking a, taking the call and a, a great a great, great talker as well. Really appreciate no you coming on. Cheers, mate. Enjoy the rest of lockdown. <laughs> you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Tell you what, that's interesting. He's raised a couple of questions there. The first one, how would Albion do in the Premier League if they were in that division this season Joe. I agree with him I thought and again another right, amazing call isn't it like we're smashing it here we've got absolutely great guests on but I agree with him I agree completely with what he said I don't I think um, I think they'd have enough you know I think they'd you have reckon? enough I think they'd have enough to um, yeah just to, to to definitely definitely be in that be in that battle to stay up um, it's I mean it's amazing isn't it because Sheffield United have done so well Um like what? What? What's the secret to that, really? Why have they done so well, and sort of Villa and Sheffield United um, and Norwich not really? Especially as Nor- Norwich won the league. Remember, it wasn't mm. it wasn't Sheffield United that won it. So yeah, it's just that it's that X factor, isn't it? It's probably that ingredient that none of us can really put our finger on. But in terms of squad ability, I, th- I think they'd have a chance. You know, look, they're gonna con- they would concede goals. They would concede goals. Um, yeah. Um, but they would, but they would score them, um, and I think as long as you score goals, you've all, you've always got a chance, really. Um, and I also agree with what you said about Kravinovic. So I asked, I saw that little um, conversation about um, do you get more time on the ball in the Premier League or not? Is it a misconception? It's, it's definitely, definitely not a misconception. I, it actually happens in every league. I've spoken, mm. to, I've spoken to players who, when I was covering Walsall, who got got a shot in the football league, having been in non-league. Um, and they couldn't believe how much time they were getting on the ball um, because just simply from that step up in class. And then I think Romain Sawyers has spoken about it, how he gets more time on the ball in the championship compared to when he was in the lower leagues. And then, But everyone, when they drop down the league, is, is surprised at how quickly they're sort of pressed and set upon. So I got... Look, the truth is, Filip Kravinovic has played his best football for Albion as a central midfielder. The only time he's really, really shone as a number 10 was at West Ham. Mm. Um, and he was the best player on the park that day. He was very, very good. Um, and I, maybe, it was a, maybe that was just a one-off or one game, maybe. Um, I don't know. But I think, I think Kravinovic and Sawyers are the two players who um, could really benefit from stepping up um, at this current squad. And I think Jake Livermore is playing the best football of his career. And bear in mind... He's previously been good enough to be in an England squad. I think if he was, if he replicates this form in the Premier League, he'll get, he'd be right back in the Bashar, getting back in the England squad. So, you've got. A, we're basically saying there, if Kravinovic was to stay, you've got a Premier League midfield. Mm. Um, Adam Pereira one side, Dean Garner on the other. I mean, they'd have a chance. I really, really, really think they'd have a chance. Yeah, I thought you got tougher we... questions, you know, Spencer. I thought you got tougher questions from you. Do you reckon? Yeah, like on the spot with who should they sign and bits and bobs like that. But great answers. I do think they were tougher questions. 
He knows his stuff, doesn't he, Spencer? He knows they, his stuff. They all have, yeah. They've all been fantastic, yeah. Shall we see if the next caller does? Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it. Hello, can I speak Hiya, Cal. It's uh, Luke from the Baggies Broadcast. You're alongside Hello, myself. Yeah, you're alongside me and Joe. Um, we've got you live on... Uh, well, I say live. You're, uh, you're, uh, you're featuring on the Baggies Broadcast now. Um, the discussion we've just had uh, is regarding Philip Kravinovich from a previous caller. Would you sign him permanently? And if so, do you think he'd be a better player for Albion in the Premier League than he has been in the Championship? Uh, it's a conversation that's happened on Twitter, isn't it? I think... I would sign him. I think he's adapted um, to the team quite well. It's probably since sort of Christmas time, really. He's looked better since we've um, moved to that three in midfield. Um, yeah, there is that, that discussion about whether he'd be good in the Premier League, whether he'd get more time on the ball. Um, I'd certainly like to see him in the Premier League. I think he could probably um, be, be a useful player in that midfield three there. Um, and yeah, I probably would sign him, permitting the price wasn't um, wasn't too high. Um See, I'll probably not see him in the Premier League with us, to be honest. Where do you reckon his value sits? Oh, in today's market, um, I, I wouldn't like to see us pay any more than sort of the, sort of the fourteen. That's running them probably more than fourteen million is is probably too much. I think. I think if we could get him for ten or less, I think that'll be good business from the club. Mm. It's interesting as well because we've had this discussion over today's podcast. Is is how Premier League ready Albion are? Um, yeah. Should they go up, would you see them needing many additions, or do you think, uh, like one yeah. list, like one listener said, he said that the Premier League this season wasn't all that, and that Albion could probably stay up if with the squad they've got right now. Potentially, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking that we're actually a team that, although we've scored a lot of goals this year, you look at our our strike force, and, and yes, Hal Robson Carney has probably done very well this year. Um, but Austin hasn't really contributed as much as we thought he probably would and Zahor's been um, but he's just not been selected as he so I don't think that we've probably got a, a Premier League striker that would, would get us to safety I think that's the main problem um, but then also I, I don't think we're defensively solid maybe maybe in comparison to Leeds who've kept a lot of clean sheets this year um, and that ultimately plays a huge part in you staying up in the Premier League Um and I don't think we've got that defensive steel in us that maybe Leeds might have. Um, yeah, so I think the combination of those both, and I think we could potentially struggle, but obviously we'd have a, a window to, to try and obviously resolve that. Mm. And like we've been saying this as well, discussing the current situation with season being suspended and uh, the talk of games being played behind closed doors to finish the season. Would it leave a sour taste in Albion fans' mouth if? The baggies were to go up, but were to do so in front of an empty ground. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm, I myself am a season ticket holder, and I'd hate the thought of, of Albion going up, but not being there to celebrate the occasion because it's what you've it's what you've invested your money in for the season, isn't it? You invest your money into seeing a successful team, which we have done in fairness up until up until now, of course. And um, yeah, when it comes to that that moment where we do get promoted and it's an empty stadium, it'll be a weird. Um, Weird feeling for parties involved, really, and probably the players as well. Um, yeah, it's not something that we want to experience. But if if we get to the Premier League and you know that's that's where we're meant to be, and we're not there, then I'll absolutely take it. Really. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking the time, Cal. Really appreciate you coming on. No, it's all. Take care now. Another good caller. Great caller, smashing it. <laughs> Fourteen million, he said maximum. He'd think he'd pay for Kravinovic. Um but if you could get him for ten, it'd be brilliant. 
you reckon that's about a fair price for him? I think 14's a bit steep, to be honest. Um, um, yeah, I think what you've what you've got to think is, say Albion go up, there's going to be a budget, um, a set amount of money of which they will be, will be available to spend. Would you want to take 14 million out of that for Filip Kravinovic? If, let's say, for example, you, he, he does play in Mateus Pereira's, Pereira's position. Okay, we can drop him into midfield so you can play them both. That's not, that, that's, that is one part of it. But is, it, is, is he enough? Of what will Albion need in the summer, is 14 million too big an ask? I think it might be, if I'm honest. I would say, look, they're going to buy Pereira for 9 million. Mm. Um, 8.25 still to be paid paid 750,000 loan fee I would say if you're looking around that 8-9 million mark I think that would be a fair fee for Filip Kravinovic mm. um, maybe like 6-7 million up front a couple of million of add-ons I think that's realistic I think that's what Albin will try and negotiate um, I think that would be fair I think we saw a story a couple of weeks ago you know come out of Portugal where they said something like nine, ten million pounds for Kravinovic. I think there's been reports this week as well, eleven million pounds. Well what I would say to that is though they're, they're all coming out from Portugal in the Portuguese press. They're all obviously stories that from obviously journalists in Portugal with their sources, that's gonna be the starting point for for the Portuguese side. Um, if they're if they're coming out and saying in the press they want ten million for Philip Kravinovic they, that's that. If they, that's what they want. They're not going to get exactly what they want for him. There's going to be a negotiation. So, I think if you can see those stories, ten million is going to be. I, they won't have to pay ten million for him. I don't think. I think it will be around that six, seven million pound mark with add-ons potentially to make the deal ten million. But do you know what? If it's, if it's nine million and half a million for the next three years if Albion stay in the Premier League over those three years and then things like that. I mean, it'd be a cracking deal with the amount of money that they get they, they get in from spending that time in the Premier League. So I think that's mm. more realistic. 14 for me is a stretch. Yeah. yeah. Should we, Should we get the thoughts of one last caller before we wrap up? Oh, we've got another one, last one. I, I've got to say, actually, I like the way you're um, changing the questions up. I think that makes it very interesting. Oh, right, okay, good. It's nice to know that you approve. Not very uh, rare, I praise you. Very rare, so take it. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Um, this last caller is, is currently based abroad, so we're going to have to WhatsApp call him, so it can be slightly different to uh, the initial wardens, but we'll see if it goes ahead. We're putting out all the stops today, aren't we? Hello? Hello, is that Kieran? Hello, yeah, it is. Is that Luke? It is, yeah. Uh, you're live You're live on the Baggies broadcast right now uh, with myself and Joe Massey. Um, and we're in the thick of an Albion discussion, and you're our last caller. Um, we're talking about Filip Kravinovic at the moment. Okay. Is he a player you would like to see Albion sign permanently? And also, do you think he'd be a better player in the Premier League than he is for Albion in the Championship right now? Uh, yeah, I think yes. Yes to both of those questions. However, it's difficult to see a world where he starts in the Premier League. For me, I, I think squad player, absolutely in the Premier League, but I'm not sure he starts. Mm. Um, if we were to go up, if the season ever starts again, um, then I think a lot of business would need to be done. And I don't think you can take the risk on him for him being that, you know, is he a Premier League number 10? I'm not 
sure. However, but I do agree. Yeah, I think uh, signing permanently if we can, and uh, I do think it'd be better with more space in the Premier League. I think against West Ham in the cup, mm-hmm. and when he came on against Newcastle, he he was different gravy. Like the difference between him playing in those games and him playing in the Championship uh, at that point was was contrast really mm. you kind of touched on it as well that Albion you know would need to do some business how Premier League ready do you think they are because that's another another discussion that we, we've had on air um, so with Johnston I'd say we've got a goalkeeper there who starts would you guys agree don't need to really change the goalkeeper yeah we both kind of said that Johnston would be would be expected to start first day of the Premier League yeah, interesting as well we were discussing this um, I know you're based abroad but would you accept football behind closed doors if it returned just football in general and would it leave a bit of a sour taste if Albion were to go up um, but to do so in front of an empty ground <laughs> well I'd take it now if you'd, if you'd offered a month ago or oh god I don't even know when the season was suspended now if you'd, take, if you'd offered me a month ago promotion behind closed doors I said oh I don't know about that there's, there'll always be an asterisk of, of how we go up but I think now however many weeks we are into this quarantine I think I'd absolutely take promotion behind closed doors the, the one really 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 sad thing I, I am based abroad but I, I do still have a season ticket so I'd be I'd be flying home mm-hmm. um, all being well the really sad thing is that we wouldn't get to see them go up in person, just just the game where we would secure promotion would be the one, really. Mm. Um, I mean, there's no big derby, so you, you know, it's not like we're missing a black country derby or we're missing a Villa game. Uh, no, no disrespect to Blues, but that there aren't many big games left other than whatever game we would be promoted in. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time, Kieran. Really appreciate you coming on uh, and sharing your thoughts. Thanks. Stay safe, guys, and keep delivering great content. I know it must be difficult with no football going on. No, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Nice one. See you later. See ya. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I'll tell you what, we have had some top-notch callers today. Oh, what a good guy as well. Um, 
the pressure was on him. I was worried for him because I was like, oh no, the call, standard of the callers has been so high. You've got to maintain it, pal. But he maintained it. I'm buzzing. What a podcast this has we? been. It's been like, I think this might be our best ever podcast, you know. It could be. It's just I've a shame it. that we're not in the same room. Yeah, it's like I say, it could be our best ever podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tell you what, he raised some great points there. Uh, and it's he's nailed it at the end, hasn't he? Saying that there are no really big games apart from that one now where Albion do secure it if they are to, to go up. Was it today? Was it today that it was Blackburn away? Yeah, it could have, they could have gone up today. Yeah, I mean, that... And it is it is a little bit sad, isn't it, that you know fans might not get to experience that. Yeah, and that, yeah, I mean, of course it is. And God, like uh, um, like uh, like we said, that, that you pay your money for your season ticket, you pay your money to enjoy a good season and watch good football, and you you build to that moment, don't you? And then to have that moment taken away, it's 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 cruel, really. It really, really is cruel. But um, like everyone said the same thing, haven't they? Everyone has, has, has said that. Bottom line is get promoted. If they can't be there for that, if, if, if it's behind closed doors, it's behind closed doors. Everyone just wants to see Albion in the Premier League, which of course is the is the is the is the is the right attitude. Certainly is, and that's I think that's a great point to end on as well. I mean, we're one hour eighteen minutes in, Joe. Um, as podcasts go, that was um that, was, that seemed like a bit of a classic to me. It's a triumph, mate. I think it's a triumph. I think we should do it again. You know, a repeated six oh six episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Let's do it. Anything else to add, Joe, before we wrap this whole thing up? No, no, busy, mate. Busy. Got to crack on. Got lots to do. Got lots to do for tomorrow's paper, and it's 20 to 4. 20 to 5. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Paper to fill. Paper to fill. Right. As I said, that just about does it from myself and Joe. Thanks to every single Albion uh, listener who, who's tuned in today, but also those a special thanks for those who uh, joined us, uh, and probably an idea we'll look to continue if, if, uh, if we keep getting callers of that quality. But for now, it's bye-bye from me, and bye-bye from Mr. Massey. Thanks to everyone. Goodbye.